Welcome to the Betting with a Barber's Podcast. Touchdown, Kiki Barber! Intercepted, taken away by Wonkay Barber. Barber will go all the way. Hosted by former All-Pro NFL stars Tiki Barber. Tiki with a career-high 213 yards rushing. Rondé Barber. That is an interception. That's Rondé Barber's 10th of the season. And featuring Ron Kruk. Produced in conjunction with GreenRollMedia.com. The world's premier sports betting podcast network. Rooted in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. Intercepted. Rondé Barber. To the pylon. Touchdown, Tiki Barber. And presented by the world-famous Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com to get in the action with better odds, favorable prices, and an expansive betting menu. Now live in Nevada, Colorado, and New Jersey. Sign up today at Superbook.com. Superbook.com. NFL kickoff is almost here. Hey, let's dominate today. The Barber Twins are buckling up their chin straps and about to take center stage. Let's get the former player perspective on this weekend's NFL betting action with Tiki and Ronda. It's betting with the Barbers. Under center, here's your signal caller, Ron Crook. 32 teams began the quest, 14 battle to the playoffs, and now only two remain standing. Welcome to the pre-Super Bowl edition of Betting with the Barbers, powered by Superbook Sports. Ron Kruk, joined as always by the stars of the show, former New York Giant Tiki Barber and former Tampa Bay Buck Rondé Barber. There they are. Guys, I was set to talk about two incredible championship games, but we've had a couple of bombs drop in the NFL this week, so we'll touch on that first. Let's begin with the news of the week and former Miami Dolphins head coach Brian Flores filing a lawsuit, uh, basically suing the NFL and three of its teams, the Giants, the Dolphins, and the Broncos, for racial discrimination in their hiring process. Now, the civil complaint also claims tanking and tampering allegations, alleging that Dolphins owner Stephen Ross said he would pay Flores $100,000 for every loss the team had in 2019 so they could get that top draft pick. There's a lot to dissect and analyze with this lawsuit. We are a wagering show but you guys have almost 30 years of experience between you in this league. And I know fans want to get your opinions and your thoughts. So Tiki, let's begin with you and this situation with Brian Flores. Yeah. I talked about this a lot on my radio show on, on WFAN with me and Brandon Tierney. And it's, it's, it's complicated because you're right. It is a civil suit, a class action civil suit, but why does it, there's so many questions that go along with it. Uh, including the the Miami Dolphins firing of Brian Flores, um, citing a couple of instances. One, the ta- the the throwing of the games for a hundred thousand dollars each. Uh, then there's also a mysterious quarterback who we were supposed to meet on on Steve Ross's yacht, which he did not uh, you know meet on him with. And then the the, the just the the incohesive nature of his relationship with Chris Greer and whether that actually caused the caused the firing or not. Uh, the other side of it, the racist practices, the racist hiring practices of the league is a strong claim. Uh, we know that the league has not done a great job in hiring minorities at their head coaching positions. I mean, save for the Washington football team who have a black president, a black general manager and a Latino head coach. Most of the most of these NFL teams don't have that kind of diversity. 
And so we we know that this is an issue, but it, does it take a lawsuit in order to make the, the needle move? The answer is we don't know, um, but there are a lot of allegations getting thrown against the Denver Broncos, the Miami Dolphins, and in particular, my New York Giants that I take umbrage with. It's one thing to feel that you are affronted because Bill Belichick, who doesn't work for the New York Giants, by the way, sent you an erroneous text message claiming that he knew who was going to be the next head coach and it wasn't him. So therefore, your interview is a sham. Um, Bill Belichick did that, not anyone with the Giants, and then claimed that the Giants are racist in their hiring practice. Uh, you're impinging, impugning their integrity, their character, and I, and I, I have a problem with that. Uh, the Giants had one of the early black general managers who won two ch uh, championships and Jerry Reese, uh, their director of pro scouting, Mark Ross, was also Af African-American. And one of their right. VPs and head of training, athletic training, Ronnie Barnes, he's black and he's been there for 40 years. Uh, I know personally that this team isn't racist. And so the, the insinuation is 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 hurtful uh, and, it's, and it's mean. Does that mean that the Rooney rule is flawed? I mean, not flawed. Of course, the Rooney rule is flawed. We know that. But to me, it's a generational change. It's going to take more African-Americans in the coaching ranks, more African-Americans uh, getting in the process early and rising quickly, like D'Amico Ryans, who was a great defensive coordinator in just one season with the San Francisco 49ers, like Aaron Glenn, who's a defensive coordinator of the Detroit Lions, who rose really quickly up the ranks. Uh, it's going to happen. It's just taking a lot longer than a lot of people expected. I think that's what Tiki. I think the, the the if you're asking about the the intent of the Rooney Rule, it does not work. And I think what Brian Flores is concerned about, or where the basis of this claim comes from, is the fact that he was interviewed for a job when the job was already hired. So the only reason, because if that was if Brian Flores was a was a white male coach. Uh, or female coach for that matter, it doesn't matter. He was a white male and he was hired for the, or he was interviewed for that job after Brian Dabble had been named the coach. This is a non-issue, right? Coach, team wants to get in front of uh, a new coach, maybe potentially hire him as a coordinator, whatnot. The problem here is that in order to satisfy the Rooney rule, the Giants brought in a, a coach after they had decided already who was going to be the coach. So it, allegedly, 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 yeah, allegedly. But, but that, that is the that is the basis of the claim in the suit, mm -hmm. correct? Right. I'm not saying it's true or false. I don't know, dude. I live in Tampa, Florida. I was I never never knew he went to New York to go to interview. Didn't know Brian Dabble went to the suit says this, right? And that's what he's claiming that the Rooney Rule is only in place to give guys an opportunity or give teams an opportunity to interview black candidates, whether they're going to be hired or not. Now, I think where Brian Flores has this correct is that most of these owners, for whatever reason, look at black candidates and only look at it through the, the spectrum of the Rooney rule. They don't look at a black candidate like the ones you suggested, like, uh, like Raheem, you know, he's my, my, my guy, he got hired in Tampa, uh, because he was already on staff, and I don't even know if the Rooney Rule applied. They just didn't want to lose Raheem Morris, and then he go on to be the next Mike Tomlin. That was the that was the impetus for Raheem Morris becoming head coach in Tampa. Bunked the Rooney Rule had nothing to do with it. Now it seems like because of you know the, the last three or four years of black coaches being interviewed and getting no traction as head coaches, not getting the jobs just being used 
in their in their in his words to satisfy this rule. Now, I, you got to dig really deep into this to decide if the Rooney rule is even worth it or if it's really a, a moral obligation for owners to have to interview black coaches. But the reality is, is the majority, vast majority of the league is black. The vast majority of coaches in the NFL are becoming black and they're not becoming head coaches. That There is no question about that. How this solves this, this class action lawsuit, I have no idea. I can't wait to see how it does, but it is an issue. And at least we're talking about it because yeah. it, it is an issue. I know I have a lot of friends. You have a lot of friends, Tiki, that are black coaches in the NFL that have will never aspire to be head coaches because they think they can't get there. And that is unfortunate. Well, the process is it's 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 heavily flawed, but it I think it's working in the general manager front office world. The Rooney rule is working. There's been a lot of minority hires as general managers. But here's what we are discounting when it comes to a general manager in the NFL, because you're in, you're increasingly seeing the tie between the general manager and the head coach, as it should be your coach, Bruce Arians. Why was he hired by Jason Light? Because they worked together for a long time in Arizona. When you go, when you look at Kyle Shanahan, he was brought in with John Lynch at the same time. Why? Because they had worked a lot. They knew each other. They're like best friends. And so there was a familiarity. When you look at Joe Shane, who's the new general manager of the New York Giants, one of his closest ties is Brian Dable, who became the head coach. Now, was he the front runner? Most likely. Did, right. did, did, they, did they completely dismiss and only token interview Brian Flores? I don't think that's the case. I know for a fact it's not. John Mara reached out to him before the process even started and said, before you even think about taking another job, well, I want to let you know that we're interested in you. Now, he didn't have to do that. He could have just requested an interview. And so to me, I think the Giants did the process the correct way. They interviewed Patrick Graham internally. They interviewed Leslie Frazier, who's external, and they interviewed right. Brian Flores, uh, who came in thinking that this, this was a sham interview. So maybe he didn't do great in the interview. And that's why Dave ultimately got the job. Because think about the impetus to this. It was Bill Belichick sending a text message erroneously. There's nobody from the Giants. He didn't have an indication. Right internally from the New York Giants that they were going to hire Brian Dayball. He, he got a, 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 an accusation or an allegation from Bill Belichick, not, you know, anyone with the Giants. Well, uh, Chris, well Chris before, before, you, before you continue, I think the question is not necessarily about the Giants. It's the Giants. But it is because, because it's the reason. The Giants are talking, because the Giants are getting sued. Yes, you have a, you have a personal affront to it. But I think the, the reality of this conversation should focus on what is the purpose and the, and the actionable result of the Rooney Rule. Has it yeah. worked At, right now? No. There's so what, one. So what are you trying to do? Change the Rooney Rule? Is that is that the is that the call? Is that the, like what what can you do? The only way to ch to change this process is that if more black coaches become defensive coordinators, offensive coordinators, and the only way that's going to happen is is if black athletes or young coaches rise faster. And we know why white quarterbacks rise quick because they crash out. Some of them crash out early. They immediately become coaches. You know what I mean? They don't wait for yeah. five or six years. Ah, what am I going to do with my go good? They go right into the process and they become assistants and they become quarterback coaches and they call it offensive play callers. And eventually they're offensive coordinators and then they're head coaches. It's changing. Trust me. Five years ago, eight years ago, brother, there were not black quarterbacks in the National Football League. You could say, oh, Very the, true. the NFL has a problem with black quarterbacks. 
Now we've had two win the MVP in the last three years, and some of the young prospects that are coming out of college, Kyler Murray, who won the Rookie of the Year, this kid from uh, Liberty, who nobody's seen playing, is going to be a first-round draft pick. He's a black quarterback. It's not, it's not the taboo. But it took a generation. It's generational. A generation is 30 years. Someone goes 30 years, has a child, that child Preach grows up. That's Preach a generation. Preach it to the choir. Look, there's two, there's two guys that have done exactly what you said. Yeah. And neither one of them have gotten head coaching jobs. Eric Who's the that? enemy. Yeah, but there's, there's, right some, in. there's some complications hey, hey. behind Eric Benemy that you're discounting, brother. Well, that, really well Bar- Byron Leftwich. And there might be the same complications behind that. But no, is, that any so. difference? is that any different than Josh McDaniels getting a job two, two or three years into being a coordinator in New England and then failing two years in New Eng- in, in, uh, in Denver and then yeah. going back to New England and now being another hot candidate while these other guys are getting the opportunity? Okay. I, I see what you're saying. You're, you're 100% correct. I'm just yeah. talking about the process and the prospect of hiring black coaches has not changed. In fact, it's probably gotten even a little bit more scrutinous because of the way that this this Rooney rule has been implied. You're getting interviewed and you're not getting the jobs. You're, we're forced to interview you and we're still not giving you the jobs. Has the Rooney rule worked? Right, I'm saying absolutely not. It, it has, has not worked. But it has when you, walk to, when you talk about general managers. There are a lot of black general managers in the National, Fo- in the National Football League. And the thing I wanted to say, and I know we need to move on to Tom Brady, but at this point, who cares about Tom Brady? We know what his accolades were. We knew how great he, he was. His seven Super Bowls and going to Tampa, and he's a legend. It is what it is. But it's not, it's not, a, it's not a provocative conversation. The provocative conversation is what the, what's the NFL doing to address its biggest problem that's been there for a long time? When when Kwesi Adolfo of Minsa got hired as the as the as the general manager to the Minnesota Vikings, he knows as a minority he's got to get his first hire correct, right? I'm sure that he interviewed some minority candidates, and one of them, D'Amico Ryan's, who I mentioned earlier, pulled his name from consideration. So did he fully comply with the Rooney Rule? I don't know, mm-hmm. but he knows that his first hire has to be somebody who's going to be successful. Otherwise, it reflects poorly on him, and he might be out of a job. So who does he go to? Who does he reach out to? Someone who he knows intimately because he was the director of football research at the San Francisco 49ers. When the San Francisco 49ers went from a dumpster fire to three years under Harbaugh, going to a Super Bowl, winning an NFC championship, and winning 10 games, 10 plus games in three state straight seasons, and Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh has used the NFL as a springboard for his increased salaries at Michigan for, for years. But now he's got a friend, a trusted colleague, as a general manager of the Minnesota Vikings, you know, so it's like you, you, you're you discounting why a general manager hires a coach. It's not because, ah, that guy, you know, he looks good. It's because they trust him, they know him, and they know he's not going to screw it up. And when you don't do that, because I know this personally, the Giants have done this for six years with three straight hires until Brian Dable. They've hired someone who they just felt like. Yeah, that's could be a good. Yeah, he fixed Eli Manning, Ben McAdoo. Yeah, look what Pat Shermer did with the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, Joe Judge was recommended by Bill Belichick again. They didn't do the process correctly, and it failed. So right there now, a lot of general managers are doing what they know, which is trusting those people that they believe can be the best head coaches and not ones that they're guessing might be a good head coach. 
Guys, I and we could go on and on about this situation, uh, and and we could. I mean, this is a a huge topic. We haven't even touched on the tampering and everything else that it goes into this civil lawsuit. I do want to quickly say that the NFL has responded to the statement of uh, the basically releasing a statement saying that these claims are without merit. All three teams have also made statements denying the allegations. There is so much more to come with this situation, and we will definitely talk about it uh, in the future. Tiki, uh, as we move on, I do want to – you mentioned Tom Brady. I mean, not too many stories could steal the thunder of arguably the GOAT retiring, but this one certainly did. Uh, Tom Brady announces his retirement. Rondé, I do want to get your take since you are the one that's been campaigning for Brady to win mm. the NFL MVP awards. Uh, your reaction to when you heard the news. If the NFL honors in a week and a half or so, Tom Brady will be the MVP. He probably solidified it by retiring this, uh, <laughs> <laughs> this week. This is a story that's a non-story at this point because – when it was released X number of days ago, however many, however many long ago that Adam Schefter broke this story, you know, Tom eventually saying yes, that he was going to retire was a source of speculation or whatnot. But the, right. the fact that everybody that was talking about it was so confident, I'm sure if there was a, a, a bet still laying out there waiting for Tom, for Tom to, to, uh, to, uh, to, uh, to actually say that he was retiring, I wouldn't have taken it because he was done. It, it was very clear to me that, um, after uh, somebody jumped the gun, you know, I think Tom's not totally in control of his Twitter account. Uh, mm, just like most people are, he has, he can get into it, but so can somebody else. And Hey, we were planning on putting this out. Oh, wait a minute. Not yet. Yeah. It, it, what it, it, it doesn't change much uh, um, unless you're the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because they don't have a quarterback now. Blaine Gabbert's looking like your starting quarterback right now. If this, Yikes. <laughs> if you're still playing. Sorry, I mean to laugh about that, but it's true. Yeah. Or Kyle Trask. Or one of these other potential free agents in March, whatever. Russell Wilson, right. Aaron Rodgers, who, whatever. And uh, I, I say Andrew Luck, you know, maybe he comes back. But, no, <laughs> seriously, it's 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 uh, he's the greatest quarterback to ever play the game. His record says that. Um, he transformed two franchises, one in one year. Um, I think it goes without saying what he means to this game, uh, what he means to the two teams that he played for and won championships right. for. Uh, and, uh, you know, you, you just have to respect him. You love him for, for what he is as a football player, the winner that he was, the way that he transformed players on those teams. Uh, and uh, I don't think anybody that played with him would, would, would argue that he was probably the greatest player they ever played with just because yeah. of it. The way that's he, the legacy. Ronde, Ronde, that's his legacy. His legacy is obviously is the greatest winner ever. And that's just fact. That's just statistical fact right. uh, from the MVPs and the all pros and the Pro Bowls. Seven Super, the Bowls. Super Bowls. And three, I think, Super Bowl MVPs. Right. It, that, that's just fact. But it's the, the, it's the intangible that we don't necessarily see unless you're a, a teammate of his. And see his work ethic and his dedication and his, his fire uh, to to improve everybody around him. That's really his legacy. That that's what makes him uh, the goat. The winning was just the consequence of all of that, all of that that, that that process that he that he was a part of. And you know there was always that conversation up in New England about the Patriot Way. And if Tom when Tom Brady leaves, will the Patriot Way still be there? Will it allow Bill Belichick to have that success? But what you find is that the Patriot Way 
just like any narrative that exists in a head coach's uh, head, it's only as good as the disseminators, right? Those that are empowered below him to push mm. that, that similar message out. And Tom Brady did that, obviously, with great success in New England. He took it to Tampa. And you saw all of a sudden guys who were upset about not making the Pro Bowl. Who was that, Rondé? I forget who that was last year uh, that was upset he didn't make the Pro Bowl or wasn't all pro. Um, one of the linebackers. And Tom Brady calmed him down and basically said, we got a bigger picture here. We're going to win the Super Bowl. Devin right? Devin, second year linebacker. Who, yeah, Devin Bush. And so all Devin of a sudden, White, Devin, White. Devin, Devin White, Bush is up Devin in uh, Bush, Pittsburgh. In Pittsburgh, Devin White. It, and it made a big difference, right? And that, that type of like confidence is something that's hard to find in any organization. And when Tom Brady brought that, it made him the ultimate champion. I think that more than anything is what teams that were privy to his services are going to miss. Um, yeah, he's a great quarterback. Yeah, he threw for you know 5,300 yards this year and all those right. touchdowns, et cetera. But it's, it's that other thing that's so much more important. And teams that don't have that, they often falter. Such a good point. 22 NFL seasons. We threw all the stats out, seven Super Bowl victories, uh, 20 seasons with New England, two with Tampa Bay, uh, retires as the all-time leader in passing yards, passing touchdowns, QB wins. You can go on and on, but the intangibles that you both brought up uh, are key as well. All right, guys, let's get to some wagering talk. How about we do that? I think that's part of betting with the Barbers uh, story here. So looking back at the the AFC and the NFC championship games. What incredible cha a championship Sunday it was in the NFL. The Rams and the Bengals punched their tickets to the Super Bowl with last second heroics. Both underdogs coming in. San Francisco barely covering that three and a half points, losing by three. <laughs> and Cincinnati not only covered the seven, but they won outright, making two of us extremely happy. And the lone wolf who went with the uh, favorites, not so much. Mm. It's not my fault that uh, Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy, their great coordinator, couldn't figure out with any urgency how to score before the half. Uh, momentum in the Incredible. NFL is a real thing. Like we talked about, that was a great defensive play. That was go back and look at that play. It was team. a horrendous offensive call. Eli Apple, Eli, I think I think Andy Reid thought he was going to get man coverage. He and did. So if, if, if man coverage. They, he did, and they looked like they were in man coverage. They looked like they were in man coverage. But it wasn't. They, I know. I, dude, so I he, know. He thought he was saw getting, the outcome of the play, dude. We know. <laughs> he thought he was getting man coverage. And in man coverage, Eli Apple is nowhere near that, that, that edge of the end zone to make that play. But because they're playing man coverage and he has his own, as soon as he sees that ball coming out the back door on a horribly designed play, because there was one place to go with that pass. One. It wasn't like a run pass option. It was one place to go. So he had to throw this undercutting backdoor uh, flat route to Tyreek right. Hill. And Eli Apple sees it, and he's a dead beat. Now, All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change. From an, from an execution standpoint? Tyree I'm going to change your mind. I'm going to change your mind on this play. I'm going to so, because I watched here it. Here we go. So, I from went a, back from and a, watched it. All from, right. From so, a post catch execution standpoint, uh, Tyreek Hill shouldn't have tried to spin. He's, he's a strong, powerful. I'm going to take you back. I'm going to take you back before that. I'm going to take you back before that. Go ahead. And it, it, it kind of played true the rest of the second half. Listen to this. Your quarterback, and I'm not doubting Patrick Mahomes. I know how good he is, but a quarterback 
if it is exactly what you say, one place to put that football, as soon as he realizes that they are not in what he knows that they're supposed to be in, yeah, where, where is that ball supposed to go? Out, into the, out, into out, the back of the end zone. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Or, 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 or in the ground. Just throw it in the or, ground. Get rid <laughs> of it. Throw, throw, it away. throw it at Tyreek Hill's feet. Dump yeah. the play, okay? Yeah. What I saw the rest of the game. It's a great point. This is a great point. What I right. saw the rest of the game was a quarterback, and you've said it many, many times on this show, probably on your radio show that you get to bloviate on. No, we don't. We don't hours talk about, a day we don't, about, we don't about that. We don't like, talk about the like, you know, Just like that Rooney Roll segment we did. That. <laughs> okay, but easy. Look, look. What I saw the rest of the day with 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 um, Patrick mm-hmm. Mahomes was a guy looking to make hero type plays the rest of the game. Mm-hmm. If you get Go back and watch that game. You have access to this game. Go back, back. Go back and watch how many times the uh, they dropped seven and eight defenders, and Patrick Mahomes had no idea what to do with the football. Right. It was like it was like he was in one 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 read, and if that read wasn't there, he turned into a spinning top. And it was like I'm just gonna I'm gonna try to make a hero play. I'm gonna try to make a hero play. Try to make a hero play. And eventually, it caught up with them because he was like, "You sacked me enough." You've made me turn around three or four different times. I'm going to throw one of these and make a hero play. And this, the one he threw for an interception was the most ridiculous interception that I've ever seen a quarterback make in a pressure situation. He threw it to an offensive lineman that was just standing there, like, yeah. doing nothing. Like, oh, all I got to do is catch this? And I'm going to turn the game around right now? This interception is going to turn the game? Yeah. And I just got it from Patrick Mahomes. And it was yeah. the entire second half, dude. Yeah. 18 yeah. plays and before the last drive, 18 plays, net 34 yards, four punts, and an interception. That was Pat Mahomes in the Unreal. second half. Tail of two important. halves. Before the last drive. Last drive yeah. was obviously important, but they go down and kick a field goal. Hey, full disclosure, though, when it was 21 to 3 KC, I mean, Tiki, you were sitting pretty. And- I mean, I was sitting pretty, but as soon I swear to God, Ron, as soon as they didn't score, the play that we just finished describing at halftime. In my mind, I said the Bengals are going to win this game. Wow. I, I, you could just see it. Turning point. You you could see the the lack of a plan. Like the, there was no yeah. plan. There was no urgency. Yeah. In, in that it's moment, great. they're they're driving to score. There was no urgency. They were just kind of like, hey, we're going to do this and do this and do this. Well, it's like, just go they, score. They scored, hey, if they scored there, because Tony Romo did a good job talking about this actually during the game. The, the game. Is only about possessions. There is a finite number of possessions in every football game. There are. It's, you're only going to get six or seven, maybe eight a half. They that was that would have been their fourth straight possession with a touchdown, right? That's given. That's given Cincinnati three shots at it, and they would have had their fourth straight possession with a touchdown. Only I don't know one team that's given up that big of a lead in a bigger game, and I'm not going to mention it because those guys are my friends. But twenty-eight to three at halftime is it's huge. ball game over and it wasn't all of a sudden it was like okay we gotta stop yeah. right and then yeah. you know, it's momentum whatever confidence, you know whatever yeah. you want to label it cincinnati had it and i'm telling you what give a lot of credit to uh the, the cincinnati's defensive coordinator they, they've been able to keep them in games all year long there's been and something the, about yeah. them because they're too young on offense to win dude you got a third-year quarterback. You got a first-year receiver. You got a running back that's like a fourth-year guy. You got all these young pieces and then a bunch of castaways on defense that nobody wanted in free agency. 
that they went out and got and said, hey, we're going to make this our team. And they're, yeah. they're winning. And straight winning. up shut that him way. out in that second half. Absolutely. I mean, hey, again, at 21 to three as they're driving, I – I was checking out the live betting lines on the Super Bowl oh, games. Not good, right? I was considering hedging that bet, but I yeah. mean, what a uh, what a performance by the Bengals! Seven point dogs go into Arrowhead, pull off the upset, and now the Bengals are making their first Super Bowl appearance since I graduated high school in 1989. They are on one win away from that first Super Bowl championship. Don't say it. All right, let's move over into the NFC. Number six seed San Francisco traveled to L.A. for what sure seemed like a home game uh, against their nemesis and the number four seed L.A. Rams. 49ers swept the season series. Guys, they're up talking about comebacks. They're up 17-7, to and it looked like they were going to complete the sweep um, with three wins, but the Rams staged the comeback, scoring 13 points in that fourth quarter to rally for a 20-17 to 17 victory, snapping that six-game losing streak to their divisional rival. More importantly, moving on to the Super Bowl. Again, the 49ers barely covering. Uh, they were getting three and a half. Uh, they lost by three. I was panicking when uh, they, they the Rams got that pick at the end of the game. I thought it was going to be a pick six, and there <laughs> it went. But your thoughts on the NFC title game? Well, another game that I was 100% correct on. And I mean 100% correct on. I do believe I said Kansas, Cincinnati at Kansas City. Kansas City is hot. Cincinnati might be just as hot. They will cover, and there might be a sneaky win. Yeah, that the was the clip. Game, that was the clip. I 100% remember saying LA is not good enough to cover three and a half. They're not three and a half better than the San Francisco 49ers. And they weren't. So. <laughs> Yeah, but the issue in this game was obviously the 49ers and Kyle Shanahan, obviously famous with the 28-3 loss of the New England Patriots when he was at the Atlanta Falcons in the Super Bowl. I say you can't you can't help but mention that, Ronde. You you can't. And the lack of Debo Samuel's involvement, or really the shocking Kyle Shanahan is the best play caller in the NFL. There's not even a question about it. He designs, he 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 widgets his way into success, and then he has superior talent that helps him execute that success. Debo Samuel, George Kittle, uh, Elijah Mitchell, uh, I, Brandon Ayuk, like all of these talents, um, just accent his ex- unbelievable play calling. When I did the San Francisco 49ers game earlier this season, I asked him specifically about. Trey Lance, why he drafted him, and Jimmy Garoppolo. And he told me directly, I told Jimmy, you're not good enough to to not be in the conversation of being replaced. You're not a top 10 quarterback. He told Jimmy this. You're a top 15 quarterback. Top 15 quarterbacks, they get replaced. That's why we drafted Trey Lance, because he can see so many other things that he can do with his offense. Let's not forget their offense. This is a this is a retrospective on, or at least a, a forward-looking perspective on the 49ers. It's all run game, right? It's not like we're going to throw for 380 yards a game. It's all run game. Now, if you have Trey Lance who can figure out and do just enough of what Jimmy Garoppolo does, but also was a threat in the run game, that offense is going to be stupid. 
I mean, you're talking about the triple option, like the wing T, like all these things that you used to see in football. We might see that from the San Francisco 49ers next year. Jimmy Garoppolo, as I mentioned, just isn't good enough. He just can't make those plays in those moments that matter. And he's always going to do something dumb. You know, I thought that Matt Stafford was that guy also, but I trusted Matt, interestingly enough, I trusted Matt Stafford more. more than I did Jimmy Garoppolo. Now they Matthew. did cover. Matthew. Exactly. Matthew, <laughs> sorry. Matthew, Matthew Stafford. Uh, these guys. The emails so, are coming in already. I mean, Kyle Shanahan had to put his faith in Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo let him down. That's as simple as it is. Simple as to it your point, To your point, Tiki, Jimmy Garoppolo's last six passes. Because I thought Jimmy is a man. He's a game manager. I thought he was managing yeah. it all right, right? I did too. That, you're saying they, they are, he is doing enough. All of a sudden, uh, beginning of the fourth quarter, Cooper Cup shows up, touchdown, second touchdown of the game. All of a sudden, oh, wow, okay, it's game, right? Mm -hmm. Jimmy G's last six passes of the game, incomplete, 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 punt, incomplete, three yards loss, interception. When you need your quarterback to be his best, the very best, find a way to win me the game. We need to throw the football. We have to move. There's only a minute and a half left on the clock. We cannot run this anymore. We cannot do trick plays to Debo Samuel and whatever else to, <laughs> yeah. to, 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 to formulate or manufacture offense. We need you to throw the football. Six, in, six incompletions, uh, five incompletions, one for a three-yard loss and interception. That's Jimmy Garoppolo. But Period. if Sam Fran gets that pick, maybe he doesn't have to throw those balls. Yeah, Jacarius Tark. Yeah, he just dropped his easy one. <laughs> Just saying, but it's there's so many there's so many uh, elements going into that. I, I get what you're saying, guys. It was uh, I, Bronda, you had a great weekend. There's there's no doubt about it. Um, quickly before we move on, you had a great weekend. But how about the guy who predicted the final score in no both of those games? He but, didn't yeah. even have to lay any money down. He had a free twenty dollar <laughs> bet. <laughs> that he hit the odds of that two leg parlay hitting were 28,950 wow. to one. His free $20 bet paid over seven or $579,000. That's a good wow. weekend. That's ridiculous. That's awesome. And it wasn't us. That's awesome. And it that was is awesome. Us. <laughs> so guys that brings us to the matchup on super bowl 56 is ready rams and Bengals. we will have our exclusive picks including some of our props and we will break down this game with the super bowl edition of betting with the barbers next week we've got some huge news we'll be doing it from the westgate in las vegas the guys quickly let's just Talk about the this matchup. Rams entering into their fifth Super Bowl, second appearance in four years. Bengals hoping to end that the years of misery, capture that first Super Bowl championship. Couple notes with the spread: the Bengals have just been on fire, and I know Rondé's ridden that uh, that train all the way through. Covered there's in their a reason, past though. There's seven, a reason I've been games. What say again? There's a reason I've been riding the Bengals this year. <laughs> 100% <laughs> covered in their past seven games, uh, eight and two as an underdog. The Rams on the flip side went only 10 and 10 against the spread during the year, but uh, and they have uh, covered six out of their past nine games, five and five as a favorite. That leads us to the current odds, according to superbook.com. Guys, the Rams opened up 
as a four-point favorite. Uh, money coming in on L.A., it's gone up to four and a half. The over-under point total sits at 48 and a half. Let's quickly get your take on not only that line, but the yeah. matchup. Tiki, we'll yeah. start with you. Yeah, we'll save the line for next week. But I think as you look at the, the aesthetics of this game and who has the advantage, the Rams have been here, at least Sean McVay as the Rams coach, and some of the players have been here before. So this is their second trip to a Super Bowl. We know how they got out game-planned by Bill Belichick and what was maybe the ugliest Super Bowl of this generation last year, you know, 20 years, the 13-3 loss that they had uh, to, the, to the Pats. But they are the home team, literally the home team, but uh, figuratively, actually, literally, they're the away team. Right, uh, right. But they're, yeah. but they're at home. Um, which, which is, a, is a benefit for them. And as I look at this matchup, the only way the Bengals win, you know, not against the spread, we'll hit that next week. The only way the Bengals win is if fate, this, I don't know, this, this cliche. Bengal magic. This, 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 I don't know, this out of this world coincidence, whatever. Unless that's the only way they're winning this game, as I can look at it. Will they cover it? We'll talk next week. I can't put any finality on the uh, the uh, the results of this game. It is an interesting matchup. Whether it's very popular, who knows? But I have a lot of Cincinnati Bengals fans. One of them's Olympic sw- champion swimmer uh, who told me he bought tickets right after they, they bought plane tickets without Super Bowl tickets right after they won the championship game. Really? It's, uh, Bengals fans are fanatic, right? They want this more than anything in the world. They're probably wishing it or praying it or however you get this into the universe for for them to get to this spot but now the reality is they got to go against the la team that i said last week and i 100 agree with this have sold their soul to go and win the super bowl this year they they obviously had one intention just like tampa did last year play a super bowl at home and win it right they passed the super bowl eye test better than any team that i thought was left in the playoffs and they found a way to do it it wasn't pretty but they found a way to do it now the reason that i have been on the uh, cincinnati Bengals all year is yes because they're young joe burrow and jamar chase have never lost a playoff game together yet this could be their last chance to and you know is betting a game of chance or is betting a game of skill (laughs) And the reality of it is, it's a little bit of all of it. And do you know what this year is, people? Oh, my goodness. I know where you're going. This is the Chinese year year of of the the tiger. tiger. (laughs) The year of the tiger. I saw that. Wow. Well, maybe there's a little tease right there. (laughs) We don't know. Well, I gotta dive. Deep. I gotta dive into the game a little bit more before I go any deeper. But yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, it says the guy who's been riding that tiger bandwagon mm-hmm. for uh, eight weeks or ten weeks, whatever it is. No, uh, guys, it's uh, exciting time. Uh, we've uh, unbelievably done twenty-one episodes of the show, and it's all led up to this. Uh, the Rams are. Currently, four and a half point favorites. So we will keep an eye on that line. We will break down the big game, make our picks. And one of my favorite things, always talk some prop bets next week on the Super Bowl edition of Betting with the Barbers. Make sure to get in the game and sign up at Superbook.com before Super Bowl Sunday. Download that Super 
Book app for the latest odds. And right now, there could be no better time to sign up because Superbook.com is offering a super promotion. Get up to $1,000 matched on your first deposit. That's up to $1,000, a 100% deposit bonus match up to $1,000. So make sure you get to superbook.com, sign up before Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, also make sure you're following us on social media at Superbook Sports, at Betting with the Barbers, at Tiki Barber, at Rondé Barber, and at our Kruk. Uh, we are so excited to hit uh, the town in Vegas and the Westgate and the Superbook in Vegas. Uh, come out and see us, guys, before we wrap up and gear up for Super Bowl week. Any final thoughts? Yeah. I, got one, I, got, I got one observation. I got one observation. And you guys have been watching us all year do this. One of us is living in snow. <laughs> and the other one is living, look how much darker I am than Tiki Barber right now. Jeez. My lighting is just better than yours. I, I, I think it's I all production. You you look like you look like pasty. I'm yeah, like, because it's oh, eleven two today. It's, what it's eleven is degrees. Going on? I'm gonna have to separate you. How do it's, I do this? <laughs> we're regularly eleven degrees here. I'm I'm my natural color. You're your sun baked <laughs> blackest. I, Hey, did either of you have to shovel eight inches of snow today? That's my not today, not today, (laughs) not today. Yeah, you know the feeling, Tiki. I don't feel for you, Rod. It's uh, (laughs) it's that guy who just got (laughs) off the golf course who has no clue. Uh, (laughs) Come to Florida, it's great here. (laughs) Yeah, all right, all right. We're taking the show on the road after the Super Bowl, guys. Uh, I can't wait. It's been an incredible year, uh, and, and really appreciate your insight today on some big. Uh, topics that uh, we really do need to uh, look into and, and digest. Uh, but it's it's Super Bowl week, and I can't wait to see you guys in Vegas. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, remember, Betting with the Barbers airs on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and at Superbook.com. New episodes drop every Thursday. That's 6 uh, Eastern, 3 Pacific. The podcast version of Betting with the Barbers is available on Apple and Spotify. For the battling brothers today, the Barber Brothers, I'm Ron Kruk for Ronde and Tiki Barber. We will talk some Super Bowl next week. That is all. Been locked into the Betting with a Barber's podcast. 10-5, touchdown Tiki Barber! Presented by Superbook Sports. Featuring former All-Pro NFL stars Tiki and Ronde Barber. And featuring Ron Kruk. Subscribe, rate, follow, and review today and never miss out on the Barber Twins weekly betting advice. Tiki Barber takes it all the way, 62 yards. Ronde Barber broke up the play. Ronde Barber breaks it up. Want the best sports betting podcasts on the board? Look no further than GreenRollMedia.com each and every weekend. GreenRoll's covering the NFL, college football, and MMA better than anyone. Bringing you behind the counter of the most well-renowned sports books in Las Vegas. That's GreenRollMedia.com. GreenRollMedia.com. Home of the world's premier sports betting podcast network.